Okay, episode four. Today is yeah. January 7th, 2021. And, you know, we, we were going to do yesterday's podcast, and I actually had to push it back to today, and I'm kind of glad I did. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, they were supposed to certify the election for president-elect uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump held a would you would you describe it as a protest or what do you think, John? How would you describe it? Uh, I would <laughs> really describe it. I would really describe it as like a, a staged event. I, I don't know, man. It was it was ridiculous. I watched like I watched it on when it happened the speech, and I just I don't know. I don't know how to take anything. I'm so no. I'm I mean, so I'm so detached from thinking that the news is real. That while I'm watching it, I'm looking for clues as like, okay, what are they really trying to do? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't, yeah. I don't think any of it is like I know it's me. Like I so for 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 the people who might be watching this either in the distant future or somewhere who might not really know what happened, um, there was a large protest. I don't know, tens of thousands of people uh, were there in support of Trump. And inexplicably, they stormed and raided the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And I'm going to be honest, this is going to sound really silly. And this is going to be taken. This is going to be misunderstood by a lot of people. I'm going to say it anyway. When I watched them storm the Capitol building and the way they were, you know, there was that guy in that moose hat. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I like the guy in Nancy Pelosi's office. Yeah. There was something about it that was so, this is going to sound terrible. So American, <laughs> yeah. there was something humorous about it, and, and, and I, I, I'm only saying I don't think too many people got hurt or anything like that. I hope, and I know that there's definitely people who saw that they, they might be more as, as a genuine terrorist attack or something, you know? Right? Yeah. Right. There are because I know I, I put up I commented and I said that it reminded me of Walmart on a Black Friday. Yeah. And. People got very upset about that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people um, it, who, who who really feel. Well, like I was saying that in the context of people saying it's the darkest day in American history, and exactly. I was like, "Yo, there's a lot. <laughs> it's not even in the top two thousand of the darkest <laughs> yeah. American history. It's not even in the top like you can have five years worth of days that right. it wouldn't even crack. Right. In terms right. of the, the darkness." that that not just america but people have nothing even like i don't know man it's, no it's it's, it's nowhere <laughs> near it's nowhere near there are people who get who were getting droned um during the last administration and 90 percent of the people killed were civilians and we discovered yeah. it like at the last second like there's there's so much going on to really put that up there but it My, you know it's the capitol building it's on the back of the money it, it, it's a symbolic thing, if not. Yeah, but that's why, because it's symbolical. That's why they right. did it. Like, let's and people are so uh, mystified by symbolism that they're like, oh, they stormed, the, they breached the cat. All these like quotes that you hear in the media, they breached the Capitol. Like, yeah. No, they didn't. Did you see the video of those police letting them in? Of course they did. Yeah. Like, of, and of course, if it was non a non-sanctioned event like i'm i'm like it's it's staged to me but i'm i know i recognize like i have extreme views about like 
how I think most of the shit I see on, on the news is fake. Not fake, but staged somehow. No, like I know exactly what you can, can you see my can you see my, my tab? Can you see this tab that I have open? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just throwing this up there for the for the view, but check this out. Check this out. Look. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the way the look at this guy. Look, look at that. Look at that. So the video we're watching, people, you know, our podcast is mostly audio right now. We're looking at a video of, and this is what I was told, this is what's going on. A group of the police not only let them in, but joined the protest. Wow. So, and then, uh, uh oh, is this the moment where they, oh, yeah, look, this is them getting rushed out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's man, I, I don't know. No, like, it's crazy. And, and you know, a lot of it, you got a lot of people who are more on the left, and I wouldn't say they're all really in the center, who they view Trump as somebody who's trying to commit some kind of coup anyway. And yeah, as you right. said, it legitimizes these fears and it, it can, who knows, it could be in the future, be leveraged as an example of why um, anti-government sentiment is inherently maybe terrorist or something, you know? Right. Know. But that's scary to me that anti-government sentiment has been labeled as terrorist. Right. Absolutely. Because it's just sentiment. Like they didn't kill anybody. They didn't yeah. have. They didn't bomb. They didn't set anything on fire. Right. You know. They didn't. I, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm. That's the thing, man. That's what's. I mean, look. There were a few times in the summer when um, some of the protests for the wrongful shootings of those people by police. Um, didn't they burn down that police department? You know. I don't know. I saw them starting fires in on 14th Street. I just, just, I saw a group, like a parade of people. Then there was right. one guy knock over garbage cans and just set them on fire. I was like, yo, people can die from fire. Like you can't just set fires. Yeah. You know, and I don't know who's setting the fires. I don't know. They, they'll say it's Antifa. They'll say it's. Yeah, they'll say group, whatever. They'll say group. I'm in the camp of people who think that 90% of this shit is perpetrated by intelligence agencies just to psychologically traumatized oh, working so, class people so that they'll go along with whatever the the new laws are going to be or whatever the rules are so yeah I, and 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 i think yeah i think there i think it's so this is the video um that i'm showing right now this is when the minneapolis precinct was set on fire yeah um, right right that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that happened but like right. nancy pelosi being scared is like dangerous yeah. i don't know well, remember, she's got the Twenty Fifth Amendment that she's trying to invoke right now. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing is the whole thing is a reality TV show. It's, it's scripted. They're just they're getting people to hate. I, I hate. Look, you know me. We've been friends for a long time, and I I've hated Trump for a really long time. Like Absolutely. I always hate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You've always I, said. I hate. Trump. I just hate him just from before he was president. From from just being being from, in New York. In New York yeah. Like, you know. I don't like Donald Trump. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't think that he actually has people's uh, best, best interest in mind. Yeah, but I think what they're using him as is a scapegoat. They're telling him what to say to rile up, like a certain anti-establishment group of people in America that they want to kind of like get excited so that they'll they'll show themselves. Yeah. You know, they want to find out who these people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it absolutely can become uh, a situation. It's definitely, 
what I'm really scared about too is the lack of information that's being shared. They're, like if you if you're on the right side, if you're more right leaning, this seems like a protest that may have gotten out of hand. And if you're on the left right now, you gen the, the things I'm seeing in the news genuinely describe it as some sort of um, coup. So like an actual coup d'état. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, as if that and, really would be the case. When you watch the people, these videos, they were like tourists. They're like taking pictures. They're what kind of yeah. coup? What kind of coup involves selfies? <laughs> These people, that's why I said it was like Walmart on Black Friday, because it was the same people. It's like there was maybe a few dangerous un people, but th they were all like middle, like older, heavy, yeah. fat, you know, they're, like they're diabetic. Yeah, I saw this one guy in a jean jacket yeah. with a MAGA flag go, we are rocking in a rolling. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you gotta like give these people like God bless them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, they're, okay, they're, they're, I, I, there's this one podcast I really like, and he said there's a, they're larping. What did he say? Larping. That's a good. It's guess. a larp. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No man, I don't, I don't want to like steal what they say, but they have like a whole thing about like how. QAnon is basically like a live action role play. Like that there are people that are being strung along by like game theory type shit, like where they're being programmed to like it makes well, sense to me. Well yeah, yeah, there's definitely what what would be the left version of QAnon? Antifa? America. <laughs> Just a... <laughs> like everything. Everything definitely more mainstream, like like the conspiracy theories on the left side is more mainstream, right? Like the Russia Gate, uh, or 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 that or Russian disinformation. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't even know because because I got into I don't even know like if I say I got into conspiracy theory. Like me growing up, like my dad told me that like the pharaohs are in charge, right? Like there, he told me like there's aliens in charge. I mean, he's joking mostly, but. Meaning, like, there's a group of people who are in charge, and poor people have been enslaved since the beginning of history, and like, all politicians are liars, that type of shit, right? So, like, I never really, but growing up at a certain point, I kind of leaned, I guess, left because of the ideas of like environmentalism and, and uh, like, just like inclusion. Like, I don't really, I was never like racist. I was never exactly sex. Like, you know, so I, I assumed I was liberal. Yeah. Right? Yes, and then yeah. in the last few years, shit just kind of like the, the floor kind of like dropped out from under me. I was like, whoa, the fuck am I like, I don't know why I was involved with this. Yeah. No, you know? no I, I know exactly what you mean. I feel like, um, yeah, the reason I would still describe myself as left and as liberal is because at least it gives, at least that side manages, even if they have to avoid certain things, they manage some kind of accountability for certain issues right right right, right. where the conservative and more right-wing opinion is more don't bother us at all we don't want government involved in anything right. at least the democrats even if it gets used in a totalitarian context or misused and abused a certain way at least they have to uphold a certain social accountability right like right. they have to pretend at least at least at least if people get angry enough they're not they're not doing something they have to kind of submit to it where if you're conservative, I imagine it's harder to communicate that the government should be doing something or not be doing something. Right. Um, I don't know. But now it's, yeah, now it's. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up to you, too, is that, like, 
one of the, the funniest things in this whole situation to me and the criticism of Donald Trump is you got the, what was it, the last, I don't know how many, but the last few defense secretaries of defense came out yeah. and said he's dangerous. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Dick, Dick Cheney calling someone dangerous to me is like the Is Dick the Cheney still thing, alive? Funny thing I've heard of in a very long time. Is Dick Cheney still alive? Dick Cheney will never die. Dick Cheney's been alive for thousands of years. <laughs> Yo, Cheney, I for some reason thought from, Dick Cheney passed away. He's from, he's from primordial muck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney is... um Like Gollum. Yeah, he's definitely like the... Like, it, 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 I, I hate that we use so many Star Wars references. Uh, I'm a, or you can do Lord <laughs> of the Rings, too. That's why I call them Gollum. Gollum is a good one. I was thinking, like, uh, Palpatine and George Bush might have been more of a Darth yeah. Vader figure. You George, know? George Bush wasn't even let in Star Wars. He was like, yeah, they, they'll, they'll cut him out. Like, <laughs> he wouldn't even make it. Yeah. Who, who did you say he was? Um, uh, you know how in Star Wars, it's like, it's like uh, Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader. Yeah. It's like yeah. that, like you know, like Palpatine is just kind of puppeting Darth Vader, and Darth Vader yeah, is just a side. Yeah, but was both. I think Cheney was both. George Bush <laughs> couldn't pull off being Darth Vader. That's true. Darth, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you got me there. I guess. No, it, I, I'm just saying the. That's why again I said the darkest days of American history. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, there was a point when um, nothing. It, it was. It was. It looked like a theme park, like when they showed it on the, like I was watching it with my dad as it was happening. And they had the split screen of the reporters being like, the Capitol building is under siege. And they had the cameras on the right showing it. And there was people just kind of like lounging on the steps. Like, yeah, like they couldn't, they couldn't match up the what they were showing of... to what was happening. Yeah. But now in post edit, they're going to be able to, it's going to look they're going to be right. able to frame it to like the darkest days in American history. Boom, boom, boom. They're going to like really focus on like it's it, no, yeah, you're absolutely but, right. It, there, but, there's, 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 um, I mean, I was looking at what a lot of my family is saying, and it, it further legitimizes this, um, anti I don't want to call it an anti right agenda because both, both parties are you know, warring against the, each other. But just because most of my family is on this side, I can kind of talk about it more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the intensity. Yeah, if you're a Trump supporter now, then you, right. you know, you you better. Right. It, 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 it justifies extremism on the other end, you know? Like right. there are people who are extremists on the other side who, who, who are looking for ways to affirm their hate for the other side. And it's just gonna yeah. further legitimize it in maybe dangerous ways, you know? Because that because the this this idea this partisanship situation we're in where every side thinks that the one side is evil, create right. good and evil. The usage of it in societal uh, conversations are almost always in preparation of excusing some sort of vast immorality. You know, like right. people usually say somebody is evil to get ready to legitimize them like burning down a city. You know. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Nobody said, yeah. Getting rid of like getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Moving from your life and thinking your life is gonna be better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like like and Trump Trump is a scapegoat for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, like once he's gone, we just gotta get him out. Oh my god, I can't wait. But meanwhile, there's still gonna be fracking. Right. 
They're still going to be letting like children work in factories. They're still going to let the war in Afghanistan go on. They're um, still going to be in, like destroying Africa. They're still going to be fucking with everybody. They're just still going to. Yeah, I'm just the pharmaceutical companies. I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know how to articulate the level of like fear that I have in terms of like not really being able to talk to people in my life. Yeah. In a way where I, I'm, I feel like comfortable going to, to the future with other people. Like, hey, like it used, it used to just be me. I used to just think I was kind of a fuck up in life. Like I just could got to get my shit together. Like I just, you know, I, I just got to like, I just got to learn to discipline myself and make, you know, make better decisions financially or like, you yeah. know, now I just... <sighs> Yeah, to, all cards are on the table. Spending all my energy avoiding getting vaccinated. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like my mission now. There's definitely a, a dissolution of social hierarchies in this quarantine. Everybody's locked in their house. Nobody can go do anything crazy and fancy. Nobody right. can be in the craziest hotel room doing the craziest thing, doing the most right. cocaine or smoking the most weed. There, right. everybody. We, we we've all we're all on the same. Nobody can pretend the other person's life is vastly better than the other at the moment, you know, All right. even if you have the craziest mansion. You can't tell me that that might even be worse. You know, you quarantine in a larger. In, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's why I have to separate like my criticism, my critique of what I, what is referred to as like the great economic reset type of thing. Yeah. And my ideas on medical industrialism, right? I feel like if they weren't connected so much, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind the, the economic shit as much because I never had anything to begin with. Sure. But if I if I owned my own restaurant right now, or if I owned say I owned a dojo of right. some sort, right. or I owned, I owned something that was never really yours anyway, because the bank owns it and you pay the mortgage like that. But if I was in that bracket of society, I'd be mad. Yeah. I'd be very mad because yeah, I yeah. would I, I would know that what's going on is like basically pulling the plug on an economic reality that it may not be sustainable, but you could have fucking warned people. You could have given people like an idea instead of using this, this plague scenario right. as a way to implement it. Right, right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely... Yeah, as we said before, this wealth transfer is 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 crazy. I have a lot of friends that run businesses. I'd say a good chunk of them, you know, a lot of them do, um, you, whether they're small startups or large right. companies um, or people who are starting out with art careers or art, you know, of some kind, comedy, writing, things like that. And I don't know. I think all of that, it, it's just so under, it's so underrated in the mainstream media what's going on there. You know, even like they'll be like, oh, well, the unemployment is six percent. First of all, how many people who don't have money or who lost their jobs are actually filing for unemployment? You can't say right. you can't tell me it's 100 percent of them. I, I don't even believe that it's 50 percent of them. Right. Um, I, I, I think there's a count, a countless jobs that are lost that people aren't talking about, countless businesses that are gone. That might not be. I heard in New York, I think there's something like 300,000 changes of address at the post office, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I still enter Manhattan on a regular basis, right? Yeah. And I still go into Manhattan, mostly just around like Union Square. Sometimes I'll go around like other areas, but yeah. it's it's vastly different. It's just not even close to what it was, you know. Yeah, it's it's terrible. So I haven't been there in the last three months. What's going on? Over, well, and I, even then, I think I quickly stopped by. Maybe the time I saw you in the summer. I think I saw you once in the summer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. I think it was the last time I was there. Well, first of all, it's winter. If it if it was summer, there'd be more people out. Sure. Right. But just the the vibrancy of okay, and I'm you know like I've always kind of been like anti capitalism. Like I'm kind of like one of those people who hates the idea that Manhattan, New York, is turned into a mall. Like I would always complain about right. just people. All you all there is to do is go shopping. Like right. I, I be like that. But now once they took that away to where there is nothing going on, yeah, it seems just like, what's the point of having a city? Right, you know, right, absolutely. What's the point of having a place that, like where like the retail corridors, like all the, the streets that are all just stores and they're all closed? Absolutely. I, I, was, um, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's visiting. Uh, she had to go to Australia to visit some friends, I mean, her family. And, you know, they have to do a whole the quarantine thing is interesting. She had to go there. They put her in a hotel and they have to quarantine for 14 days and then she can go visit her family. So she had to go there. Two weeks there was just spent isolated in a singular hotel room. They wouldn't even let her go out to get fresh air. She had to pay for the hotel. No, 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 no. It's like a government thing. Um, it's, it's insanity, insanity. And then they they let her they let her see her family, whatever. And then she told me there was a point where they had to close a bunch of other things down because there was a new case that came up in Australia, even though there's almost no flights and everybody gets tested and they're all locked in hotel rooms. Um, I think there's a vast I think there's a huge I think that maybe even in the middle with with some of these things that are wrong with medicine, there is an unspoken um, lack of understanding of viral transmission. Right. Like there's these spikes that come out of nowhere. There are countries with no travel and they keep getting spikes. Um, but yeah, she was, uh, she was uh, 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 telling me about, um, shoot, I kind of lost my, <laughs> what were we talking about? I kind of got uh, lost thinking about the quarantine stuff going on in Australia. <laughs> this, no, like the retail, like the city's being empty and shut down. And oh, no I apologize. Yes. So what I was getting to was that we were talking about, I was telling her about how empty and eerie New York City is without not just the people. Everything is closed. Some And many things are closed permanently. They're boarded up um, mm. and you can't go into them. And yeah, what's the point of it? It's a giant, open, empty maze. And it's actually kind of uncomfortable sometimes. You know, it's really the, strange to look the at these trains, giant The buildings. subway is like a mental institution. Right. It's crazy. Yo, I, something funny happened yesterday, though. I laughed like out loud. <laughs> for <laughs> oh, I got on the train yesterday, right? And there's this guy in a jumper. Oh, is that what they're called? Like a jumper, like a onesie, or like it's like a uh, like shirt and pants all together kind of thing. Shirt and pants all together, but it's puffy. It's like warm for the winter. I guess know? so. Yeah, I don't know about the puffy one, but yeah. It's puffy, meaning like it's just it's like workman's costume, like it's for like workers, right? Yeah. It's, it's like it looks like an astronaut kind of, but it's I know like, what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, but he looks like 
a little bit like a young Charles Manson. Like he has like long hair, long dirty hair, and like a beard kind of. And he wasn't that old, and he wasn't, but and he had like a a bottle of vodka. Yeah, just drinking it, right? No mask, just sitting there drinking a bottle of vodka on the on the the thing uh, on a seat. Yeah, and like uh. <laughs> Like these two guys, they must have been on a date. Like they were like these two like gay guys on a date, sat down across from him for like a split second, and they both looked at each other, got up, and like walked to the other side of the car. <laughs> yeah, of the car, and oh, he yeah. got up and followed them. No, right? so, no. hey, hey, don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared. I'm not really a Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yes, God. You guys thought I was a Ghostbuster? No. He's like looking at his overall, being like, I'm not a Ghostbuster. And he went and sat across from them and they tried to carry on their conversation talking to each other, right? <laughs> he just kept interrupting their conversation, talking to them, and they tried they their not, best to ignore they were not into it. Like, that's the shit I like. I still like that about New York. I like that about New York, but. No, yeah, it's a. It's, uh... The crazy, People are scared of it, but it's uh, funny. Yeah, there's a little, you want a little crazy. Maybe, I mean, you know, there might be some people who would say, oh, you know, what if you attack <laughs> them or some shit? Um, Not really a Ghostbuster. I laughed. Like, no one else laughed. Like, there were these girls across from me, and they, I laughed, and I looked, and they were just like. Yeah, I, so I, I got to show you this video. It's related to this. So, um, remember, I, told, I, I think I told you just a second ago that I had to walk my friend to the train because it was dangerous, you know? Yeah. Um, so in my neighborhood, like right around my neighborhood, there were some dude just running around, knocking random women out in the middle of, you know, just random places. With, is he the one with the two by four? I don't know if he was the one with the two by four. I don't want to. There was that. a guy knocking people out with a two by four. So look, you see this place right here. This this store is yeah. two blocks from me. Wow. It's two blocks from me. Check this out. He just ran in the store. Oh my god! Ran that was a store. customer. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He he walked into the store and just knocked this woman out. The woman he was punching a woman like he that. He was punching a woman. Oh my god! And then and then you you know it's oh wow this is the whole video I didn't expect to show you the whole thing, but um and then this is really close to me. This is literally two blocks. I'm not I'm like I'm not exaggerating. What did this guy do that they're showing? He didn't do nothing. No, his, he his, he's just posing. Why was he posing? That's the wrong time to pose. He's like looking at the camera pose. He's, he he needs to learn timing. I guess this was the guy. But this happened a few days ago. I had to walk my friend to the train station because um, genuine fear. Wow, stay vigilant. There have been six. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Right, right, right by me. Yeah, the world's world's getting a little kooky. It's getting a little kooky. A little? <laughs> we're, we're on the first week of this year, right? This is the end of the first week. It's officially been seven days. And um, another thing not spoken about, what's going on with all this crime right now? You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of crime right. in New York. What, what purpose do people see in their, for their lives? Like, what do, what do people do? Like, what is there to do when you're, you're born into this? Like, people used to, like, build ships, build boats, and like go fishing. And you know, people used to do shit. Now all you do is you grow up and you're like, what, what do people do? I don't know. Man. Yeah. People are just, there's just a lot of people with nothing to do. Yeah. And, and no psychic connect, no like psychic connection to react, like Absolutely. to 
to some higher some higher purpose, some higher calling, some like yeah, muse. There's no music. Like I don't know. Like what, what are people supposed to do? No, you're right. I mean, the biggest theme in all of humanity is spending life in search of meaning, right? Like like trying to understand what meaning is and finding things that have meaning to you and, and sticking to that, right? Like we spend life looking for meaning. And when you stripped away people's ability to cope with that journey and to keep going, um, yeah, what do you have left? What do you have left? How much... I guess you can always find meaning and enlightenment in the next step psychologically and the smallest things you do every day. Uh, but yeah, you can because sure. you, you're intelligent, right? Sure. But if there's people, are we at the point where we have to stop and come back? Like, I don't, I don't, you keep track I of was, that? Yeah, I am. I was actually going to say you were really, really good. Right. Uh, yeah, so we're actually going to call it here and uh, we're going to take a quick intermission and. Stick around for part two. Start it. All right. We need to take we're a break. Back. And um, this is part two of episode four. We were just talking about the um, the removal of so much of society and this pandemic when it comes to the things we... The removal of social coping mechanisms for reality, I think is a good way to say it. Right. This is the removal of socializing. Sure. Best way to say it. Remove that, like, just. I'm kind of okay. I'm like borderline antisocial. Sure. Right. For the most, like you know me, we know each other. Okay, so for people who don't, we we should tell people like how we met. <laughs> sure. Shit, right. Absolutely. We met on eHarmony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had uh, martial arts and his interest and philosophy and. Christian, yeah, Christian, Christian Mingle. No, <laughs> at, at Union Square, at Union Square, you were like a young brawler. <laughs> you you beat up all the older guys. So yeah, there was. So there was. Could we even describe it as a martial arts community? You kind of could. I don't know. There was people at Union Square who used to spar. They used to spar. They used to meet up. Right. Some of them had martial arts backgrounds, and they do right. some light sparring in the park. And it was mostly very light. People were very respectful. And people um, were cool. Like, there was interesting characters. Like, they were absolutely. all, like, you know? Yeah, you, you could find some of those videos on YouTube. Remember the Union Square Spartans is what they called them? Yeah, at one point. right, right. Um, and um, crazy story. That's how I kind of got into martial arts was I was sparring with them when I was, like, 15. And somebody, mm -hmm. um, somebody I was playing around with dropped me on my head. And oh. I like woke up in the hospital two days, three days later. Swear to God, this happened. Oh. And um, when I woke up, my grandfather, who's like really into karate and all these different things, said, you know what? He's got a lot of energy and he's really into martial arts. Let's just put him in martial arts. Like, you can't have oh. him getting knocked down in the street. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we met up there and there was, were they sparring when we met up? I don't know. Uh, Jorge told me I should fight you. <laughs> right. He said, you should fight Darcy. I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I should fight Darcy. Because okay. I was ne I never really spied and really sparred that much with anyone. Because like, like why we started talking about this, because I said, I'm pretty much antisocial, right? Like, I like going to places by myself, and then maybe talking to people if I feel like it or not. 
Right. Right. I don't really like having to like, and it started when I was younger, like when I wanted to start going to like open mics and poetry readings and stuff. <laughs> and like my friends didn't want to go. I just started going places by myself because I figured like I could either hang out with my friends and do nothing or go do things with my time. Right. Sure. So, so, but my point about this whole thing is like, even me, someone who's pretty much antisocial and would walk around Manhattan being like, I hate all these fucking yuppies and hipsters and like be upset like at, at capitalism and right. Yeah. Now I still feel something is missing from life, you know? Yeah. Like it's, there's that, that backdrop of being able to counter counteract that with like meaning, like you can look at this and be like, I hate this, but at least it gives you, it gives you something to like weigh against. Now there's just, well, you, I, I would I would even go as far to paraphrase it as, you know, most of most of the idea of freedom is simply having the option to do something, even if you're not doing it. Um, right. Removing all the even if you're not somebody who goes to a club or go to bars or go to, you know, art galleries or go to museums, even if you spend most of your time at home after work and you only did things when people really motivated you to mm-hmm. not having the option to do it is a completely different reality. You know? Yeah. That's not, or, or, those are not comparable realities. And not having the option to walk past those places while you're like high and like say, these people are so stupid. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you don't have that anymore. Now you just have to sit by yourself and like go on, on some social media platform or watch t- something or like, yeah. you know, I, that's why I listen to a lot of podcasts, man. I feel like I'm, I have all these like imaginary friends that talk, that I talk to. From yeah, that's the, absolutely. There's a, that's the beauty about podcasts is that because they're long form conversations, it, when you listen to them, it feels like you're in on the conversation, right? You know, you, like, I'll throw a podcast in the background. I hate to put it this way. It makes me less lonely, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you feel like you're getting that intellectual stimulation and that back and forth you would with a group of people, even if you're just silently in the background. Right. Which is what I do a lot anyway, when I'm out, like I'll listen to other people talk and I'll just say something funny every once in a while because, because right. I, I never get to talk. Like, I don't like trying to talk over people and you know, you know, okay. Union square, we'll have to go back to union square. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very interesting place, right? There's, you, you, get into conversations with people and you realize I should not have gotten into a conversation with this motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah. He's just crazy. And you know, you know? I, I want to step back and even explain what Union Square is because even if you live in New yeah, York, yeah. you might not understand what this place is or at least was. Um, Union Square is a park, 14th Street, and is that Broadway? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like the, it's Broadway and it's University and it, like, it, it's, it's, yeah. We'll call it 14th Street and University Place or something. Right. You could do Broadway there. and Broadway. And Broadway. Um, but the way the park is designed, there's, of course, the green grassy knolls and the little um, lanes with benches. But there is a sort of opera seating section. You could just almost like a, a, an inverted opera seating section where people sit down next to each other. Um, right. At these, steps. There's yeah. there steps that are that people sit on. Yeah. Yeah. These large steps. And it goes. And it just over. basically faces the street. Right, right. The street. But, but the, the way the lights are set up in the middle, like it kind of makes the middle of it look almost like a theater. Right, right. And there, and these steps are low to the ground. It's very communal. It's very, very communal, and it's a good size. And what's happened, at least in the last fifteen years, is it became this amazing hotbed of the craziest social 
interactions. The most people, I mean, we used to be there at till very, very late, you know, seeing some of the craziest things goes down. Crazy. It's got like the perfect mix of like, okay, you got dancers, right? You got right. street. They're clicks. The dance. I like the dancers. You you have like the legendary ciphers, like the freestyle yes. on Friday night, and yes. then you have the house the house dancers or whoever. Yes. But then you also have like students, NYU students or whatever. Yeah. Then you also have basically just normal people who walk past and be like, let's sit here for a little while. Yeah. And they sit down right, and they watch all the goings on. But then you also have the element of like insane people that yeah. for some reason just go there and become part of the background and just become part of it. Yeah. And yeah. There's so much, so much uh, of the, and, and another, another thing I'd add is there are a lot of people there who were misfits. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of people right. there who go there and they meet, they, they might be into comic books. They might be into this. They might be into that. They might be into dancing and they find their own little community. And they, you know, there's a lot of people, the people who hang out there regularly and know people who hang out there regularly are often people who they're interested in the unconventional things, you know, they right. like unconventional things. They, they, they're, I don't want to describe them as outcasts because they have their own community there, but they're into they're into the different, you know. Right. And it's been, I don't know. Sometimes we'd be there for ten or twelve hours, and there'd be something very interesting going on every hour, right? Every single hour. I, I kind of miss it, and it's sad that it might be a different place after this, you know. It's different now. I mean, there's nothing there. Well, it's winter, so it's hard to tell. But even even during the summer, there was just a lot of protests. They right. would meet. They would protest. Would meet there, and then like everyone's wearing masks, and it's it's, it's different. But yeah, um, I don't know. No, it's 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 it's, it's too crazy. So uh, another thing that I think we should talk about. This is kind of big news, and nobody's really getting into it. Um, I'll start. I'll start it off on an irrelevant point that's interesting, and it ends up here. So there's a game show in Africa, right? <laughs> uh, there's a game show in Africa uh, where these businesses, this doesn't exist in America, where these, these businesses compete in a talent show for their, their, new, their new products and services. And at the end of the talent show, they get to win $1.5 million to start their own um um, to you know to, to fund their business mm -hmm. so guess who guess who uh started runs and hosts the show i don't know i mean it's a silly question but it's an interesting am answer. i going to be able to guess it or is it just some somebody that i wouldn't be able to get oh jack ma jack ma the guy who the founder of alibaba so what? he has this show on the last episode of the show he didn't show up <laughs> And what people realized is no one has seen Jack Ma since October. Wow. So, so he has gone missing. He is officially missing. Wow. That's not good. No. Jack Ma is the second richest person in all of China, which is really saying something. He's worth yeah. $48 billion. Uh, Alibaba is a huge, huge company. And, you know, people who might not follow business things or tech things might not know too much about it. But... It's a huge. No, deal. I, I think a lot of people know who he is, though. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who do. There's definitely a lot of people who do. Um, but uh, yeah, the, 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 for he, he nobody knows. No one knows where he is. Nobody knows where he is. I want to mention that the last time that people really heard from him um, is him coming out saying uh, criticizing the Chinese government. So he came out. Uh, it was in October, um, <laughs> saying that it was unfortunate the way the Chinese banking system worked because it created a very insular. Um, I don't know if he used the word corrupt, but old boys club sort of situation where. Uh, and then that was. I think it. you know better, right? Like you became a billionaire in China. Yeah. You would think you would know better than to do that. Yeah. So at least before you like cashed out and left. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he thought. Maybe he thought. Um, well, you know what the interesting thing with China is that the government and the businesses that operate in China are so interwoven that it's hard to tell where they stop and end, right? Like, like right. I think there are a hundred billionaires who work over a hundred billionaires that work within Chinese government, which wow. is a lot. You know, there's maybe what one or two in America, one or two, maybe. Well, there's one or two that that pretend. I mean, I don't know. I feel like America has the illusion that the, the economy doesn't control the government. Yeah. But the government, like, it's not as just black. It's not as plain sight. Like. I mean, yeah, obviously, the, the, I don't, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that the government in the United States isn't controlled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I'm definitely by like different routes, like lobbying and, and corporate fundraising and things like that. But I just mean, that's certainly different than 100 billionaires being yeah, like right. active it, members of government. I think it boils down to who, who organizes the corporations. Right. If the government themselves, if there's a central government that organizes the corporations, then that's considered um, communist socialism or yeah. communism. Right. Yeah. But they're still organizing corporations, though. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like they still have to have incorporated. They still have profits. They still have profits. Right? They still have shareholders. And they're, they're the bodies come together to do something together. Right. Like they need to build a bridge. They'll they'll have a corporation. Right. Right. They want one person doesn't be like, all right, I'll build it. They have to get a, um, invest, like they have to get people together to plan it. And it's, it's incorporated. Right. But I don't know in America, I think that the government comes in last, but they don't seem to actually really stop the things that they should stop. What do you mean by that? Well, like, Poison will go on for a, a, a few years before they stop it. Sure, and they sure. might never stop it. Like high fructose corn syrup will never be stopped. Right. At least it's a good point. So at least within, we're gonna get um, called uh, communist sympathizers for this, right? Um, right. But it's a good point. So at least within the Chinese government, because the uh, government is so interwoven with the businesses. They can solve these problems uh, more efficiently with capitalist solutions than America can with the with the so-called uh, capitalist republic, right? Like a mm -hmm. 
like in China, if there's yeah, if they need to fix a street, they they there's probably such a strong incentive to make money even within the government um, mm-hmm. that they might do it quicker than they would here in America. Here they would it'd be it'd be a lot different. Oh, so you know, I wanted to get your opinion on this fun little idea I came across. I think we spoke about it um, privately once. So it is the it is called the phantom time paradox. I'm going to pull it up and oh. the phantom time paradox. Yes, I'll show you. I'm oh, sorry, phantom time hypothesis. So the phantom time hypothesis, I'm on the Wikipedia, is a historical conspiracy theory asserted by uh, Herbert Elig, first published in 1991 in Hypothesis, a conspiracy by the Holy Rem- uh, Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly the Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII to fabricate the Anno Domini dating system retrospectively in order to place them at the special year of AD 1000 and to rewrite history. So this, this theory, what, what, they're, what they're pretty much posing is that there, we're not in the year 2000 and that there was never a year zero and that all of it was invented around um, 297 so that they could say that they were in the year 1000 AD. Mm. And uh, it does, they, there is there is some archaeological evidence. Uh, for example, well, there was a, a believe- I saw a name in the article that I recognized, Emmanuel Velikovsky. Where do you see that? I download. I have a few of his books that I never read because I'm like, I will. I'll get to them eventually. But he, he has a whole different timeline of history that he hypothesized based on like astrological, astronomical events, comets and shit. Like he, but yeah. So so he, here here are some of the arguments they make. The scarcity of archaeological evidence that can be reliably dated to the period six fourteen. To 1911, the perceived 911. Thank you. Um, the perceived inadequacies of radiometric and uh, dendro uh, chronological methods of dating this period, and the overall reliance of medieval historians on written sources. So, pretty much, there's very little archaeological um, artifacts between the year 500 and 900, and there's very little. There are very few historians from that era as well. Um, mm and the presence of Romanesque architecture in 10th century Western Europe, suggesting the Roman era was not as long ago as conventionally thought. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I mean, I, don't, I didn't look into this enough to think about it, but if yeah. you told me 300 years was missing from European history or 300 years was added to Europe, they're saying 300 years was added to European history. Yes, I think that they're saying that we're... No one really ever talks about what happened between 600 and 900 AD anyway. Like, right, I, I can't right. think of that. Right, exactly. I think they go as far to say that, yeah, we're not in the year... Um, trying to see exactly what year they said it was. But I remember, they, I think they said that we're not in the year 2000 and 2021. We're probably more likely in the 1600s or something. Right. Right. But I just thought that was a great, it's a beautiful, beautiful argument. And the criticisms, there's some good criticisms um, just saying that there's difficult uh, challenges to the theory. 
Uh, oh, this one is an observations in ancient astronomy. So that's a good one. That there is a certain there are certain rotations of the stars that you should be able to consider, and they they should be evidence there. Um, well, you know, it's not hard to forge anything back then because no one had no one had access to printing presses, except yeah. no one had access to to writing except for the people who would benefit from for it. Who who could just you know? Well, oh, to, who who would benefit from changing the calendar? Who I mean, the people who would benefit would be the ones who would also be able to do it. Like no one sure. else could do that. Sure, yeah, their whole thing is that the church did it and said that it was the year 1000. And yeah, who would argue against that? What would they say? Uh, that might have been such a small issue at the time. Well, there's there's a whole line of thought that I, I'm like peripherally kind of looked into where there's this thing about millennialism. Interesting. Right? Maler where people, in, and it ties into um, apocalyptic thought where like the end of the world, right? And there's always, there's been cults going back for a long time that people are prophesying the end of the world and they always want to tie it into to the numbers, right? Thousand, one thousand. So 1000 was probably a year where they want, they, they were really anticipating um, some sort of mess, messiah to come back and end the world and start a new one and like that kind of shit, you know? Like, yeah. So, I haven't looked into it enough to like know what I think about it. I don't really know, but it, it I, I could be surprised. Yeah, yeah, it would definitely be a a, a really fun. Um, I, I would love to I imagine that there was a. They figured out that that was true, and they had to say, actually, we're going to have to rewrite every single date in every single document because it's all wrong. You know, ever all documents would have the wrong dating. Yeah, and then and then you get into the. I mean, if you really want to get into it, like it's wrong anyway. Like, what? Who? Why does it? Too, when did they started at some arbitrary time? Just counting, like today sure. is. Since when? Like, why is it the year two thousand anyway? Just yeah, twenty why twenty twenty anyway? Just has to do with Rome, you know? Right, right. No matter what, it would have to be a bureaucratic decision, and when you consider the lack of evidence for anything that went on during that time including the is it the trial or the count of nicaea i forget the name of that the trial council of nicaea is it the council of nicaea i think that's right yeah but i don't think that wasn't from zero that wasn't from then that was from later that was from later okay so yeah even that was from later i'm thinking when they were they made the um i think it has to do with augustus augustus caesar i think i'm not like i like i'm not really 100 percent sure but yeah. i think it has something to do with Augustine or August, one of them. I don't. I don't really know. Like, yeah. but I'm not. I'm not at that point yet. I'm still. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm. I still live in like the archaic age. Like I'm still reading about like Pythagoras and like those people. Like, yeah. it's hard to get. It's hard to get through because there's so much inf interesting things that happened at that time in history. Like 500 BC is very interesting. You know, like there's a lot, a lot of things going on that are interesting to me. Personally. Yeah, that, no, I mean, in all that entire area, I mean, 500 BC and from Rome all the way to India to China, that's where so much went down. I mean, that is the time where Buddha reigned. Um, that was Buddha's period of time and, and the beginning influences of Shimakaya Hinduism. And that completely changed all of Eastern religion. All of Eastern religion, I would say, is 
either Jain, it, it's it's based on Buddhism uh, and extensions of it. Uh, even Hinduism, well, Buddhism is a type of Hinduism, really. Right. Uh, and then you've got, yeah, every, I think that was 500 BC. Was that Marcus Aurelius? No. I don't yeah. know that much about Rome, but uh, Greece. I'm thinking the Greece, Golden Roman era. But to be honest, not really much was important happened in Rome until Rome became Greek. Right? You know, like, yeah. I mean, physically, yeah, like they developed physical things to a high degree, but their their character wasn't really established until they became like. Uh, like uh, a vessel for like the Greeks, you know, because when you say they, the vessel for the Greeks, do you then they then they conquered the Greeks or or what do you mean? Uh, I mean they conquered the the whole the Greeks. I feel like what happened with the Greeks was they gave up the idea of militarization, and in a strange way, to where like they realized it was better to just let the Romans do it. And then they could just continue with what they wanted to do. Which was philosoph philosophy and math and things like that. It was philosophy, math, art. Right. Like, like, right. Uh, but commerce too, like money. So just, 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 just allowing a sort of merger with, with the Roman empire, let them handle the military side of domestic yeah, affairs. And they I think just, so. I, I mean, like, they could just expand their culture. I'm not there yet. Like I said, I'm still in like 500 BC and in, in my like deep dive don't, into it. Don't you feel the um, Epicurean movement might be um, almost anti-Greek in, in, in many of the ways in terms of the development of philosophy uh, in the Roman oh, Empire? Oh, the Epicurus himself yeah. didn't really have much of a movement, mm. but it was the, uh, the Romans who I, I think people get tired of morality, mm -hmm. right? And if people in power get tired of morality, they can develop a, a more materialistic view of reality to where they don't have to worry if the, the gods, because the whole thing about Epicurus was he wanted to free people from the fear of, of being judged by gods. Right. Right. Whether he whether he thought that they existed or not is debatable, but he just wanted people to like not have to deal with that fear of of what of like the gods were judging you morally. Right. You know? That holds people in check more than anything. Like you tell people like don't do that shit, man. The gods are gonna punish you. Like, yeah. all right, you're right. You know, like that's that's heavy. And at, at some point in, in that history back then, there it was unheard of to think that there wasn't gods. Yeah. Like even if you didn't really know what they did or who they were, or like where they came from, like you would never question their existence. I, you know, I, I've I've had some thoughts about this recently. Um, I know we always talk in some way about uh, gods or the nature of gods in, in, in ancient cultures, but. When you consider how few people might have also been in those societies and in many societies in general, right? Like the, back in those days, they were definitely relatively small populations of people, right? 
there were like there were city cities would be like 25 30 40 50 000, yeah and, and rome was a big city at one point rome was like the biggest city on earth at one point with millions of people at, you know well rome also when when rome controlled a large area i'm sorry i meant um athens i think i might have been um well athens was never that big because athens is a small land area is is rome am i thinking i, I guess i am thinking of rome the city. so rome yeah rome was was big but yeah. that's also it's not the same place it is now where when you look on the map and you see rome that wasn't where all rome was rome was all of the south of italy all of greece a lot of turkey yeah a lot of of egypt so what, like, what about the metropolitan area they call rome today was that always the metropolitan center well no there was east and west there was the byzantine Roman, there was a, there was a divided Roman Empire at one point. Yeah. Where you had the east and the west of Rome, and then at one point the east, Byzant, the Byzantinium, uh, section was m way more powerful. Like Rome's capital was Byzantine, Constantinople. That's what Constantinople was. It became yeah. Byzantine. And that's funny because the Byzantine Empire went until relatively recently, right? The Byzantine Empire didn't end until late into European history. Well, Islam, well, Islam. Yeah, yeah, because I'm thinking uh, I was watching a documentary about the Byzantine Empire because fueled the, the end of the Byzantine Empire fueled the Renaissance because when the I don't want to say the Muslims, but when they they were driven out, there was and I think there's one guy and I I, I don't want to mess up his name right now because I don't have it ready, but there's one guy George I think his name is George Themistos I think. He's almost single-handedly responsible for taking all of these books out of the Byzantine Empire when it collapsed and brought them to um, Florence. Florence for the, the Medici for the for the the families. What's his name? Um, yeah, the Medici like family. Huh? Yeah, the Medici family. You talking the about the Medici family? But there's the guy who translated all of it into Latin. Oh, I don't know. I forget. I forgot his name right now, but uh, yeah, I, was, I, I looked it up. It says that the Byzantine Empire, which is really just uh, that portion of the Roman. Ficino, Empire, I'm sorry, Ficino, Marsilio, Marsilio Ficino, translated all of these ancient books into Latin, right? Yeah. And that gave birth to the the Renaissance. Which, if they're saying that there's 600 years of time missing, that makes sense. That. You know, it happened earlier yeah, or later, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, we're, we're about to uh, run to the end of this portion. We're going to take an intermission and right. get back to you with part three.